welcome back to our, I guess, old, new, new, old time of Sunday evenings here on the Ballhawks podcast. Happy, happy National Tight End Day to you, Christopher. And no, we are not talking about Ryan Hanks' baseball pants. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen his baseball pants, but he he's not a slight of man. Like he he's not a he's not a large man, but he's not a slight of man, and he wears they've got to be like junior mediums at the largest and man does his ass crack eat those pants up so not tight ends in that sense but football tight end uh day extra mediums what's that extra mediums extra mediums somewhere in that range and i know he's listening so um if you don't mind buying some new baseball pants for next year ryan we'd all appreciate not seeing uh, the inside of your butthole when you're playing, basically. Speaking of speaking of Ryan and baseball, um, a, as you know, you guys play ball against my boss. Yeah. Um, and and we were talking the other day, and it, you guys it didn't tell me. It turns out uh, when Ryan was going through his bunt fest, it was against my boss's team. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she was she was we were talking about it the other day, and she was laughing and talking about how much they were making fun of him and and whatever. And she goes, "Man." guy's got the hairiest arms and she's like i want to chirp him for it but i don't know him well enough to do it i'm like oh do it i'm like we all harass him repeatedly for always having a sweater on i was gonna say if if she did any sort of listening to our bench chirping him there's numerous reasons why we chirp this guy the the vest that he wears under his clothes aka his i don't know Chewbacca style body hair. Uh, yeah, we we let Ryan have it all the time. Um, welcome, Chris. I don't even have to introduce you because here you are. Your name is on the screen, and uh, you are rocking your little bit of hair now. Um, now that it's grown back in, how does it feel? It's grown. It, I mean, it wasn't that <laughs> short. <laughs> where it's not actually growing everywhere damn yeah it is growing back but it wasn't that short cookies be good is back let's go doesn't matter if a month if it's mondays or sundays cookies be good is always being with us so we appreciate it cookies be good for for coming back oh you know i was at superstore today buying halloween candy i didn't think to to check out the superstore cookies i'll have to oh I guess I'll have to go back and buy more Halloween candy. That's <laughs> that's what I'll have to do. That's that's the trick. So that's the trick. But yeah, it's, it's funny. Nadine mentioned made a comment yesterday about how long my hair is getting already. So I guess I'm probably gonna have to go for a haircut again pretty soon here. But I don't know. Maybe it's I've been drinking collagen lately, and apparently that makes your hair grow. So maybe that's that's what it is. I don't know. Huh. But it's it. Yeah, happy to be back anyways. Watch some football today a little bit. <laughs> That's a weird intro right there. I'm drinking collagen, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and today I'm tonight I'm drinking the pink. <laughs> Is it Kool-Aid, Chris? Let's be realistic here. Nope, no sugar in this. No sugar. Sugar's, sugar's bad for you kids. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, so you're watching some football today. I watched some football today. There, did you know that the NFL plays every Sunday? Every single Sunday. You know what my favorite thing is? Um, this is totally off topic. Well, kind of on topic, but 
Um, I saw this on Twitter and I can't remember. I should have screenshotted it so I could give credit to the right person. But uh, this guy posted that he tells his kids and his wife that he won't watch Wednesday night football so that he can watch Thursday night football. Like basically making up a day of football being like, okay, you know what? Dad is not going to watch Friday night football today, but when Sunday comes, I'm going to, you know, that that's our compromise. I'll watch Sunday night football, but I'll give Friday a, a break. You know, I got, I can't watch football every day. You know, for, for, for us Canadians, saying that has some truth behind it. Like if you're willing to give up Friday night football, you're not watching the BC lions <laughs> clinch a home playoff spot. Then, <laughs> Darn, 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 darn. I Whatever also gave up I Friday night football <laughs> year, 10 years ago. I gave up Friday night football. It's been a while. Um, one other one. While. It's been a while. Great tune. Great tune. One other I one that I want to hear talk. somebody say the words. It's been a while. With, oh, that tune popping into my head. It's true. There's there's it's, certain song I, lyrics I that you just can't let go of every single time you hear it. I don't think it's scientifically possible to not hear that tune when somebody says it's been a while. I would, At I least would for a, a certain generation, right? As soon as you said that, I was singing it in my head again. <laughs> <laughs> or like when somebody there's says the Fifth Magic. What did, what did you say? I said, or when somebody says Fitz, Fitz Magic. Oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 Fitz Magic. Yes. Yeah. Too good. It's back for season two, folks. It's back. Season two. The man may not be playing football, but Fitz Magic, his, his legend lives. And he's just as good a, of a broadcaster of as he football. is a dresser and singer. I need to start watching more Thursday night football. Cause like, I mean, obviously Richard Sherman's fantastic, but they've also started including Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. And like what they're doing is they're, they're bringing Marshawn Lynch like into the city that ho- that's hosting yeah. the Thursday night football game. And he like goes around town and like checks out the city or whatever, which like obviously like they have to pre-record it. Cause Marshawn on with a live mic is dangerous. Um, As was actually, proved. <laughs> did you see that? Uh, I heard it. I think it was yes yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's at he's at the the Cal game and and uh, I think it was with Justin Forsett with a live mic for ESPN and um, yeah, that that's that's dangerous. They should have known better. That's why, that's why Marshawn just hears he doesn't get don't get fined. Like, <laughs> that was actually the Seahawks telling him what to say so they didn't get fined. Fun fact of the day, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I need to start watching more Thursday night football so I can start catching those uh, those Marshawn segments because. God, that man is hilarious. He's so he just says exactly what's on his mind, and he don't care what people he think. He has at all. zero filter. Yeah, I I also always get a kick when I like I see Marshawn Lynch, and I remind myself that I'm the same age as Marshawn Lynch. Like, I don't know how that's possible because he looks like a grown man compared to you. <laughs> exactly. Like I look at Marshawn Lynch, and I'm like, I am still a child compared yeah. to Marshawn Lynch. Like, you got to be at least fifty, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. got that old man strength by now. Like, uh, before we get into football, I got one more for you here. I don't know if you saw this. Probably not. Um, Dan Orlovsky on Twitter. Since we were talking about candy and Halloween candy, he tweeted out something that had people saying, "Just delete your account, or you should get rid of your check mark for these takes." <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups, most overrated candy ever most over given for Halloween. 
Should he give up his blue check mark for that one? Yeah. Yeah. Like that that's worse than stepping out at the back of the end zone. <laughs> it's funny because that was like the fourth comment down when I was scrolling. <laughs> was oh yeah, look what you know. Like nothing to do with his food take. Just like, yeah, shut up, Dan. This is this is what you did. Okay. By the way, I Dude. love Dan Orlovsky as um he's one of the most just real doesn't have any agenda just calls things like he sees it i really like that but um horrible food take are you out of your mind they are always good i don't care if that's the only thing my kids got i would still be taking my dad tax of 50 percent it's gone up this year right inflation i told them yesterday actually said just so you guys know the the tax the candy tax has gone up to 50 percent now and they both said, okay, dad. <laughs> I know I don't have they any don't know They have no idea what that means. No. I did um, try to explain want... it to them. I said, for every two candies you get, daddy's going to take one of them. And they still seemed okay because end, end game, they're still getting candy, I think is where their mind was yeah, at. Yeah. At the end of the day, they still get more than, than they need. Yeah. Um, do you want to take your peanut butter cups to the next level? Oh, always. I'm listening. Throw them, in, throw them in the freezer. Yeah, I I usually throw them in the fridge at least. I think they yeah, just taste the, a little bit better. The chocolate gets like hard and like nice and cold, but the peanut butter stays soft. Like it's just yeah, they're like I I throw pretty much all my chocolate in the freezer, but peanut butter cups in the freezer are absolutely elite. A must. A must. Must must and must. I was, I was buying Halloween candy today, and I bring it all home. And and normally I always buy the um, I think it's the the M and M's Mars pack so it comes with mm-hmm. like mars bars snickers m&ms and peanut m&ms yeah i think twix bars might be in there too because mars bars are my favorite and that's what i always buy and usually i think it usually comes with like because the the mars bars they will keep them not free yeah so they'll like package them in separate plastic inside the box where they don't get uh, cross contamination and usually it comes with like two of those bags inside the box and I'll just like pull one of them out and be like, this is for me. We'll hand out the rest of them. <laughs> and so I, I bring all the Halloween anything. candy home and Nadine's like, what? No Mars bars this year? And I'm like, don't need them. It, you know what? That's the same thing as when you come back from the beer store and they were only selling five packs, right? I've I've done that many times. I like walk in the house, my a case of beer is open already. And it's like, it's really weird. They were only selling 23 packs today. <laughs> I, it's like what happened hey, there? What I, I don't know. Good question. Yeah. She's like, "Why did you weren't drinking it while you were driving?" No, never. No, they were just selling twenty three packs. Like they I were just selling twenty three. Yeah, one fell out. I mean, I, I saw some guy sitting there. I gave him one, and just yeah. you know, I was gent- I was a good Samaritan that day. <laughs> <laughs> Child sitting there here, little boy. <laughs> All right, let's get to some football talk before we get canceled. Oh, the yeah, show. there was NFL football. There today was football it was Sunday. Uh, probably the biggest news out of the NFL this week was Panthers running back or former Panthers running back. Christian McCaffrey was traded to your division to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I'm, I should have written it down. I'm not the greatest host today. I think it was a second, third, fourth and fifth. It was a second, third, and fourth in next year's draft and, then, and a fifth yes. in 2024. Because something I'm, about the Rams had offered a 
two, three, and a five, and they couldn't pony up the four or something like that. So I'm surprised the Rams had any draft picks to offer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah, it, they're dipping into 2030 by now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it sounds like it came, it sounds like CM's run CMC was coming to the NFC West no matter what. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Jed, he's in San Fran with, uh, with Shanahan. The uh, you know his dad's the original the original Bellatrix, so, so we'll see we'll see how that goes. Good luck to anyone with uh, with any of the 49ers players. I, I would say running backs, but I guess you kind of have to include Debo in that mix. Yeah, because Kittle with- went off today after not doing anything all season. Yeah, you just you I mean, never Debo had a really horrible day today. Jimmy Garoppolo went full Jimmy Garoppolo and like he should you never go full Jimmy. You should know better. <laughs> Half is bad enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh that that's definitely the biggest news of the week. I mean, it was it was rumored that when Matt Rule got fired that McCaffrey was gonna be moved, and then it was like, no, he's not, and then all of a sudden it was like, bam, he's a 49er. Yeah. Kind of just all the rumors I heard leading up to like basically when Matt rule was fired was the bills were kind of a big suitor. And I've heard they were still a suitor towards the end. Um, I didn't hear 49ers at all throughout the whole process. And then you kind of just like either turn the TV on or turn Twitter on. And uh, there he was as a 49er. Um, do you, th- it's not do that, it's not that surprising because like last uh, Tuesday during our That Helps No One fantasy cast, um, we were talking about Cam Akers. And yeah. I think Ted brought up the, the, the Cardinals or or the 49ers or whatever it was. And I, I said, I'm sure the 49ers would love to be in the mix for Cam Akers because they always seem to be in the mix for running backs. Yeah. Um, but there's no way the Rams are going to trade Cam Akers to the Niners. And then, yeah, again, like you said, kind of out, out of nowhere, like they, they weren't even a, a, a team that any, anyone was mentioning. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he sticks around there and he's there again next year and, and Trey Lance comes back, um, that yikes. offense becomes really, really scary. Yikes, yikes. You've got, oh my goodness, there's just so many explosive weapons on all levels. I am yeah. a little surprised that the Rams didn't, and maybe they did. Like, maybe we're going to see some news coming out later that they tried this. But for uh, for the Panthers to take back a guy like Cam Akers, who's still super, super young, I'm not sure how all-in invested they are on our Canadian boy uh, Chuba Hubbard. But, uh, you know, having Cam Akers go back to f- potentially fill the role of not having that fourth round pick to give back, um, maybe that was an offer. I'd be curious to know if it maybe. was. But, um, but I mean, Deont- Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard look pretty damn good today. Yeah. So, so. maybe they maybe they just like the young crop that they have there. Um, McCaffrey, a 49er kind of sucks for you seeing the division get a little bit stronger hey uh, you know what it doesn't matter to me because you know who's in first place in the division right now you know who's in first place we'll talk about seattle it. seahawks baby first place <laughs> let's go um it's definitely gonna make the next matchup uh pretty interesting i mean it's uh seattle's defense played pretty well today they've played pretty well the last two weeks um so if, i mean if they can keep improving um it, it's gonna make for a very very interesting 
second round matchup between the, the Niners and the Seahawks. And I look forward to it. I think it's late in the season. I can't remember exactly when, but um, did you see the Panthers uh, are rumored to have turned down two first round picks for Brian Burns? I did see that. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know what their plan is. Like maybe, yeah, I maybe they were just trying to clear, you know, McCaffrey just signed that big contract. Maybe it's like new kind of regime coming in. We don't want, you know, big contracts. We want to start young. We want to decide who we want to pay. Uh, so maybe he just never was on the table. I, I know it was kind of funny. As soon as Rule got fired, everyone was like, oh, like DJ Moore is going to get traded and this guy's going to get traded. Like everybody was just like picking all their good players out and being like, oh, our team could take this guy. And it's like, well, that's not yeah. how the world works. Like think about, uh, you know, during the off season, we were talking about, you know, the Seahawks rebuilding. And I had brought up the idea of like, well, maybe DK Metcalf becomes available because you can get a ton of picks around him and clearly the Seahawks were just like, no, this is a foundational piece going forward. Kind of like DJ Moore to, uh, you know, the Ravens or to the, the Packers or wherever those places are that need a wide receiver. And then we hear from the Panthers camp that uh, DJ Moore is part of their future going forward. And I think a lot of people were like, Oh, I feel so bad for DJ Moore. (laughs) As long as it's PJ Walker throwing him the ball he'll be okay. If it's the other two doofuses, uh, poor DJ Moore. Yeah. I'm not surprised that Brian Burns isn't available. It, I mean, it, it's all like uh, young developed premier edge rushers are easy to come by, right? Sure. You can get two first round picks for them, but that doesn't mean that you're going to find another Brian Burns. Right. Maybe you end up drafting a, I don't know, Malik McDowell or something. Yeah. And the, th- the thing is, like, you can clear as much cap space for when your team is ready to compete. But at some point, you need to pay some players to be good. So you might as well, yeah, waiting on a guy like that who looks really good, looks like a foundational piece of that defense. Um, I-, I can understand why maybe, you know, two first round picks is great compensation, especially in today's NFL where, like, you know, one of the most electrifying running backs that we've seen this generation really is going for a two, three, four, five, like kind of just seems like a team was like, Oh, we don't really have a first to give or anything. Would you take a two, three, four, five, you know, like, did did that surprise you that he, that Carolina didn't get a first? Uh, I mean, all the talks were that he, they were going to entertain offers starting with a first round pick um, I guess when you think about some of the big names that got traded this off season, like the Devonte Adams, the Tyree kills, and they were going for multiple firsts. Yeah, it kind of did. I know running backs have that shorter shelf life that you can kind of flip through them. Um, but there are, I, I would say zero running backs like Christian McCaffrey in the league when he's healthy. Um, he takes over games single-handedly. So yeah, a little surprised. Okay, I I personally was I, I I think we all get so caught up in fantasy football and what these guys do for us in fantasy football and what we would trade them for in fantasy football that like we we kind of lose sight of of what's realistic. 
Yeah. And I think just based on his contract and his injury history, like he's, he's played something like 20 games over the last two seasons or something like that. Like he hasn't played very much yeah. football over the last two years. Um, it just makes sense to me that a team wouldn't want to give up a, a first round pick uh, to acquire a guy that who knows, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to, you know, I think it's been, has it been knees? I think there was a hamstring in, issue last year and then his knees and right so it's it it it, it does make sense to me he's, he's got a, mi- a lot of mileage on those legs and yeah. um he's he struggled staying healthy and, and maybe that's a strength and conditioning thing but um then maybe sam friend has better strength and conditioning coaches but that's that's another thing is like they don't have a very good record the last two, three, four years of guys staying healthy either. They've had a lot of injuries these last few years. I mean, Trey Lance was was one of them uh, early this season, right? Um, is it Nick Bosa Nick last year? Bosa yeah. last year. Um, and then I think he got hurt again earlier this season. It wasn't anything too serious. but um, And then I know they've lost, um, I think it was Jaquiski Tart. Is he still there? I don't they lost one of their, their starting safeties anyway. I think it's Tart. Um, I, don't, I don't pay too much attention to the 49ers, but um, yeah. So it, it, it's that that's another thing to to you know be concerned about is is can can the San Francisco training staff keep McCaffrey healthy? So yeah. it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for sure to see how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah. Speaking of injuries, I I don't really want to talk about this, but I know it's inevitable um injuries crushed and decimated some teams today uh Brees hall went down jc jackson went down dk metcalf mike williams jamar chase i think jamar chase went back into the game he did um but that that's a slew of premier players that went down and we know for sure that two of them are season ending Uh, Brees hall is sounding like an ACL, right? Yeah. So I saw, and then J. I mean, JC Jackson was in an air cast and crying on the back of the cart. Um, so that does not bode well for for his yeah, future and him being dislocated. able to come back. Uh, Mike Williams has said he's going to come back. He'll yeah. be back this season. He said it sounds like he has a, a ankle sprain, which. If that's all it is, he's super, super lucky. I don't know if you saw the play that he, I he didn't got see hurt that on. Oh, man. He, on he, uh, what's that? Did somebody land on it or did he come no, down? No, he, he was getting tackled and it got caught underneath him. Ooh. And he got twisted and pulled. And yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, that he didn't injure his knee as well it was surprising. Uh, and then DK Metcalf, um, that was weird. Cause they showed him on the back of the cart. He's got the towel on. He smiles at one of his teammates and goes, you know, I could read his lips and says, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And you can see his, his one knee was bleeding. So I don't know if it was just a laceration or what it was, but then after the game, Pete Carroll said x-rays came back negative. We're going to have to bring him back home and get him checked out and, and, and figure out what this is. So hopefully it's nothing, um, nothing serious. Hopefully there's no ligament damage or tears or anything like that, but um, the great unknown is almost scarier than, mm-hmm. than knowing what the, the injury is, right? It's, I mean, it, with guys where, where you know what it is, it's like, okay, well, you know, they're going to go in for surgery probably 
tomorrow yeah. and and start their, their rehab process. Whereas DK tomorrow, they're going to have to do more research to figure out what's going on and what's hurt and 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 what's the, the diagnosis and, and how long is he going to be out if he's going to be out at all. Yeah, it's it's like the, you know, you have, you know, take a uh, Mike Williams has an ankle sprain. If that's a high ankle sprain, that's going to linger and it's going to get re-agitated. You almost wonder if like a clean break would be a better thing. Like you, you're out of the season, you're rehabbing it, you're good to go, as opposed to a guy fighting through. What are, we're on week seven right now. These guys still have 11 weeks, plus if you're in the playoffs. Um, playoffs? To be, playoffs? To be talking hobbling about, through these injuries. Not right? being able to hear, it's been a while. I can't hear playoffs without saying here. Playoffs. <laughs> um, obviously, the big one for me, I've, I, I, it's been no secret that I am all in on Brees Hall in fantasy football. Um, traded for him or acquired the rights to the first overall pick. Took him both times. Uh, you know, on our Tuesday, that helps no one fantasy cast. We were talking about the fact of, you know, is it too early to start panicking with Brees Hall? It's when him and Michael Carter were getting basically the same amount of touches. He really started the year off. I don't know if slow is the right word, but not as that kind of true bell cow that everyone wanted him and, and drafted him to be. And then, you know, over the last four weeks, this week included, I mean, he had 72 yards and a touchdown. His his big run, he busted one off. And I was like, okay, I might have a chance this week in fantasy football. And as soon as I thought that, I get a message from Chris that says, and Brees is out too, by the way. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good. I only found out because I had him on my, uh, I've been playing daily fantasy lately. Yeah. And, uh, like a degenerate gambling. Um, <laughs> and uh, I had him on my daily, on my uh, daily squad today. Yeah. And I got the, the notification that he was injured and, and out for the game. Yeah. It's one of those things. I sent some people, you know, a screenshot of my roster. I've got JK Dobbins who just went out. I have Brees Hall that went out. Um, who else do I have? Jameson Williams I have stashed on the IR. John Mechie stashed on the IR. I have Nico Collins, who also went out. My team, I should rename my team to the Band-Aids. If it makes you feel better, I have Rashad Penny on the IR. I have Javante Williams on the IR. I had Amin Ra St. Brown go out, go out today with a concussion, which is his second injury of the season, so he's probably going to miss another week, I would guess. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm right there with you, pal. See, and I don't feel I'm that one bad in five, for you, though. So. The difference between our teams, Chris, is my team is stacked like pancakes. I am trying to make a championship run, and I just keep getting just every move I make. Someone is chopping the legs right out from, literally chopping the legs out from my guys. Um, so no, that doesn't make me feel better whatsoever. Uh, that your crappy team also has injuries and you are retooling for next year. So no. Well, we, we play, we play each other next week. So we'll see how crappy my team is then. Tell you what, you start one IR guy and I'll do the same. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we both get disqualified then? Isn't there league rules saying don't do that? Just to piss someone off in the league. 
Um, all right, one one last one, then we'll get to we'll start with some Seahawks today. Um, should the I guess golden oldies have walked off into the sunset, you know, guns ablaze, and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady suffering devastating losses today. Um, it, is it that bad? I think. Yes, they, they, they should have. They should have packed up their MVP awards. Mm-hmm. They should have packed up their Super Bowl trophies. And they should have ridden off into the sunset, especially Tom Brady. Like, he he came back with, with I mean, obviously aspirations to, to win one more and, and just, like, just, I don't know. I don't I honestly don't know why he came back. But when guys, when his basically entire starting offensive line got hurt in training camp, Right then and there, you should be like, nope, I'm out. Psych. Yeah. I, I retire again. Like, he should have packed. I mean, I, I, saying I don't know why he came back. I do know why he came back, and that's because they were trying to – there was the whole thing with trying to get him an ownership stake of, of the Dolphins and then force a trade to Miami and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, w- once, once injuries started happening there for his offensive line – um, and have continued to happen throughout the season. Uh, Tom definitely should have packed up and left town. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has nobody to throw the ball to, uh, which is his own doing, and I find it absolutely hilarious. He demanded all that money to come back for one more year, and the Packers like, okay, and then they're like, we can't afford Devontae Adams anymore, <laughs> so we're going to trade him. So, um, Which I think is hilarious, because I, uh, I love seeing Aaron Rodgers falter. I love seeing him mad and and doing poorly it it just it it really makes my nfl sundays um now i'm gonna actually come to the defense of tom brady a little bit he did have a mega mega touchdown from mike williams just blatantly dropped again fantasy was not mike or mike Mike evans sorry I'm, i'm still looking at the the writing of mike williams um yeah my that's how my fantasy day started today by looking up on Twitter and every other person was like, wow, Mike Evans just dropped the easiest 75 yard touchdown. Like, no, I didn't actually need those points. Yes, I did. Uh, (laughs) So Brady would have had another 75 yards and a touchdown and it would have altered the way the game went uh, because it was so early, or at least I believe that that touchdown was kind of like, I don't know. It just, it shifted the whole game. He would have ended with like almost 400 yards and a touchdown. So do you think his team is starting to tune him out? Uh, like, did I mean, you see the video of him scream, screaming at the offensive line yeah. like a week or two ago? Like, I think they're just starting to tune him out. Now I, I haven't looked at like the, the hurries or anything like that, but I did see that he only got sacked once today. So Maybe they're not tuning him out. Um, they just, they could not put points up. And yeah, I, I honestly think like when you drop such a sure thing like that, but with your most trusted guy, um, it's got to mess with you just a little bit. So um, anyways, let's get to, let's get to some fun stuff, Chris. Both of, both of our teams went away with victories that's all that's actually all i care about i've always said don't give a crap about fantasy football if it means the ravens win 
So let's start with the God Seahawks. Damn right. And back to back weeks. We're starting with the Seahawks. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Just because I had a really fun, uh, fun fact for you. I was trying to think like Chris always comes up with fun facts. You know what? I'm coming up with a fun fact for the Seattle Seahawks today. Uh, your boy, K9, Kenneth Walker, reached his top speed of 22.09 miles per hour on that big run. Fastest speed reach by a ball carrier this season. Dude's got some wheels. And it was I on was a wheel route. Mention that, you jerk. <laughs> Fun Stealing fact my thunder. From here. Stealing my thunder. <laughs> and it's only uh, because I have him on my other fantasy football team. And I was like, whoa. Okay, there's my key- one of my keepers for sure. Yeah, I was uh, I was in, in the middle of preparing stuff for dinner during that touchdown run. And I like ran into the living room. Which, I mean, <laughs> you, you've seen my house. I can see my TV from my kitchen. It wasn't but I still run. felt the need to run from the kitchen to the living room. And I was like jumping up and down <laughs> arms in the air. Like my wife was making fun of me. My daughter was laughing because she thinks it's hilarious when I yell and scream and hoot and holler at, at, uh, at the TV during football. <laughs> um, Carter doesn't care. He's, he's, he's like, what, what happened? Um, <laughs> I want to yell too. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, dad? Did someone score a touchdown? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the funniest kid. Uh, he'll be like, "Oh, did someone score a touchdown?" I'm like, "Yeah, buddy." He'll go, "Oh, woohoo!" Like, <laughs> you're like, you need to really up your like enthusiasm game here, Carter. Yeah. Well, and, and then they'll show the replay and be like, "Oh yeah, Dad, Seahawks, another <laughs> touchdown." <laughs> if only I could live in your mind during some of these losses, buddy. <laughs> I would love to live in Carter's mind for a day because that. <laughs> I don't understand the way that kid thing. He had a bath today and Nadine was giving him a bath and Olivia a shower while I was making dinner. So she was kind of bouncing back and forth between the two bathrooms. And she goes back into the bathroom where Carter's having a bath. She yells down at me. She goes, Carter decided he wanted bubbles in his bath. So he poured bubble bath into his, in, into the bath while I was checking on Olivia. Like, oh my God. Of course he did. Yeah. Of course he did. Like tonight Boys. he's got, He's having cucumbers with dinner tonight. He stacked stacked like five of them on his fork and took a bite of all five at the same time. <laughs> I'm like Carter. That's how you choke on food. And his his literal reaction was, yeah. He just shrugged his shoulder. Like, yeah, I could I'm see like, you being like that. I'm like, do you not realize? Like a couple weeks ago, he put. He, I don't know how he got into the children's Advil, but he some we have children's like chewable chewable advils and he somehow got into them and he stuck at least one in his water bottle and it dissolved in his water and the only reason we found out is because olivia took a sip of his water and he goes mom and dad his water tastes like my medicine <sighs> so then i like open the lid and i smell it and we're like dude what the so yeah anyways wow that's the that's the life of my five so bubble baths isn't a bad alternative <laughs> Yeah, man, he is just something else, that kid. So anyways, um, yeah, I mean, Seattle went into L.A. today to to play the Chargers, which I always uh, find it hilarious watching games in L.A. L.A. doesn't have any fans, whether it's the Chargers or the Rams. So all I could hear today was Seahawks fans cheering. Like I even heard a Seahawks chant going Mm. at one point in time during the game. Um, 
I, I, I actually tweeted partway through the game. Hey, Seahawks fans, I hear you. Like, <laughs> it, it, so that, that part was pretty cool. Um, I also thought it was pretty funny that we um, traveled to SoFi Stadium twice this year, but of course to play two separate teams. Um, the whole, you know, sharing sharing stadiums. I guess we played both. We played New both York New York teams, teams this year too, but I think that's they're both in Seattle. Oh. Anyways, um, my my mind is all over the place as well <laughs> as you can tell. Um, yeah, going going into the game, um, I mean, Gabe Jackson was out. Uh, you know, starting uh, right guard. Uh, other than that, um, Sidney Jones was uh, was inactive today. I, I didn't see why i didn't see if he was hurt if he he was a healthy scratch or what's going on there um wouldn't surprise me if he if he's a healthy scratch i mean with the way Tariq woolen michael jackson and kobe bryant are playing there's you know there's only there's only room for so many guys and i i doubt sydney jones plays uh special teams and even then there's gonna be even less space for him when uh trey brown comes back that's the thing like seattle's secondary is playing really well already and trey brown is still sitting on the pop list just just sitting there waiting just biding his time so i I, i'm really excited to see see that i I saw an interesting um uh tweet the other day actually about sydney jones somebody was like you know trade sydney jones plus a whatever draft pick for elijah moore which I mean, in theory, sounds sounds great. I mean, Seattle's been searching for that wide number three wide receiver for a number of years. Um, but I was like, why would the Jets want Sidney Jones? They have DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, and I don't think that the depth behind those two guys is really that that bad. So I don't see why they would have a need for a guy like Sidney Jones. But it, it was an interesting, you know, I guess trade proposal, anyways. Um, Story of the game today, I mean, the, the first three Chargers offensive possessions, uh, first possession ended on a turnover on downs. Uh, they, they had a fourth and in inches in Seattle territory, and Brandon Staley loves to go for it on fourth down. Went for it, ran it straight up the gut. Uh, Big Al Woods just stuffed Austin Eckler and pushed him backwards. Uh, Chargers' second offensive possession uh, ended with an interception. Third offensive possession ended with a strip sack uh, recovered by Daryl Taylor, who caused the fumble as well. Um, so Seattle got out, jumped out to an early 17-0 lead, and I was just sitting there and laughing, like, holy, this is this is really how this game's going to go. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden it was Seattle's turn to, to have some turnovers, and Geno threw a pick, and then there was the terrible... Um, they put D Eskridge in the backfield for some reason and tried to run a pitch to him. So Gino pitched it backwards. D just didn't even catch it. He just dropped it. So then that was a, <laughs> and Cleo Mack picked it up. Um, so all of a sudden the charges were kind of right back in it. Um, but Seattle just, you know, they, they kept their, their foot on the gas and they, they didn't, you know, let, let the momentum swing affect them, and, and they they stayed in it. I'm super impressed with the way the the, the defense has played. Like like I said uh, earlier in the episode here, um, these last two weeks, the way the defense has really stepped up and 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 they're playing better. Yeah, they they gave up a garbage time touchdown today. They they uh, after the Kenneth Walker long touchdown, the the defense just kind of said, yeah 
Chargers do do what you want. We've got a, a we've got a three score lead. Like the we're not worried about it type thing. Um, just don't nobody get hurt type type idea. Um, and fantasy managers everywhere who are playing against Austin Eckler were probably so choked with that. Oh yeah, probably. That's one of the worst where you're like, oh, okay, this team is like basically doing nothing, and then the defense just plays all prevent, being like, fine come down and score like we don't really care thank you thank you so much for that i still hate mark ingram to this day (laughs) for scoring a garbage time touchdown when the saints the saints were actually leading and he scored the garbage time touchdown when they just (laughs) didn't need it combination of the yardage and and the 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 touchdown sank me and it was a in a semi-final matchup um tyler lockett still doesn't want to get hit I don't know what the hell is going on there. Um, he was kind of invisible today. I don't know if he was just getting shadowed or, or if Gino was gun shy to throw him the ball after that early interception. Um, Cause the early interception went off Lockett up in the air and was intercepted by a linebacker. Um, I think he ended the end of the game with like 23 yards or something like that on like three or four catches. So not a great day for Tyler Lockett. Uh, however, Marquise Goodwin, stepped up huge in the absence of DK Metcalf. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Metcalf went down today with, uh, with a knee injury uh, on a, I mean, I don't even know where he got hurt there, but it was on a sideline uh, throw. He jumped up to catch the ball, uh, came down, had his, tapped his toes in, didn't come down with the catch, which kind of sucked. Um, but yeah, like like I said, he, he didn't seem to get up limping. He didn't get up lame or anything like that. So I, I don't know where the, where the injury really came from. Uh, but yeah, Marquise Goodwin came up huge. He had he had two touchdowns today. Um, Geno Smith really seemed to be looking his way uh, after after DK exited the game. Uh, I'm sure part of that has to do with JC Jackson leaving the game as well. Um, but his at least second touchdown. Actually, no, it had nothing to do with J.C. Jackson leaving the game. I take that back because Marquise Goodwin's second <laughs> touchdown was on J.C. Jackson. That was the play that Jackson got hurt on, actually, um, which, oddly enough, same corner, same pylon, same play uh, that D.K. Metcalf got injured on. Oh, interesting. So, turf monster, man. It was a turf I mean, monster limit. I know, uh, I know Staley, I think it was last week, had said, you know, people were asking about, like, why J.C. Jackson got benched in last week's game. And he was like, well, he's not playing up to the standard that he knows he's capable of. He's not playing up to the standard we're asking of him. So, I, yeah, to me, like, it's a big name signing that they got. They signed him to a huge contract. He's just not playing like he did in New England for some reason. I don't know whether it's scheme. I haven't watched enough Chargers stuff, um, and I didn't watch enough Patriots stuff to know the difference. That'd be kind of interesting to see his snaps with New England, how Bill used him as opposed to how Brandon Staley's using him. Um, but he just he doesn't even look like the same corner, and clearly now he's what a what a terrible first year for a guy uh, in a new uniform. Yeah. Um, Seattle, Seattle's D line, um, is looking like a totally different, uh, defensive front than what we saw the first, you know, four or five, six weeks of, of, of the season. Uh, they were getting a lot of pressure on Herbert. Uh, they were 
you know, if they weren't getting home, they were at least getting their hands up. I think they batted at least four passes down of Herbert's today, right at the line of scrimmage. Um, I mean, the only, the biggest defensive problems for Seattle right now is still coming from the linebacking. Uh, Cody Barton, Barton shouldn't step on the field. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> he's been just brutal. Um, Jordan Brooks has been okay. He hasn't been um, as good this season as I feel he was last season. And to be fair, he does have big shoes to fill. Um, and I don't think anybody's going to fill Bobby Wagner's shoes, but uh, that that's a lot of pressure on Jordan Brooks right now. And he's, he's not living up, up to that expectation. Um, and as Steve, you know, stole my thunder right, right at the start here, Kenneth Walker, man, my goodness, that guy is just so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying it and he is proving it time and time again, why the Seahawks used the 41st overall draft pick to draft this guy. I think he had me, he had less than five carries for negative yardage today. Unfortunately, one of those five negative yardage plays was a safety. Um, But he just, he makes something out of nothing. He looks like he's going to get tackled in the backfield and he at least gets back to the line of scrimmage or he'll gain one yard or he'll somehow dip and dunk under a guy and gain five yards or I mean his did you see the the 74 yard run uh I feel like I watched it once but I I can't remember what he there was I think there was like a linebacker or safety that came down it almost looked like kind of like a running wheel route essentially out to the strong side. And it looked like maybe there was a defender that almost had him tackled like right at the line of scrimmage. Is, is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, I, I, I don't have a photographic memory, so um, it, it looked like a, a, yeah, like a stretch play almost. And they just took it around the, the right side and it looked like there wasn't much there. And then all of a sudden he just saw a hole and he just shot and he just burst up field and he was gone. Yeah. Khalil Mack tried um, one of the chargers. If there, if, if there had been like 10 more yards, I think the chargers DB probably, probably would have caught up to him. Um, but it was phenomenal. He, I mean, it, it, his first career, 100 yard rushing performance in the NFL Um, second rookie running back in Seahawks franchise history to have 150 plus rushing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, The only other rookie running back to do it was uh, Kurt Warner. I I believe uh, was, was the the stat on, uh, on Fox today and no, not that (laughs) Kurt Warner kids. Uh, Kurt with his, yeah, Kurt with a C. Um, yeah, I, I keep saying it, and I keep saying it in the group chat, and you guys probably want to tell me to piss off and shut up, but like Kenneth Walker is him, man. Like he is so so good, and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch for years to come in Seattle. And he's only twenty two years old. Yeah, he's so just, like he's kind of got that. Like what I what I look for in running backs, especially like if we're talking fantasy football, is guys that have that ability like you said to 
not lose yards when they should or to be able to gain positive net yards out of something where you're like, how, how did you, you were dead to rights and somehow you made this minus two turn into a plus four. Like, so you're not losing yards. He's, I think, I mean, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but you know, him being on one of my fantasy football teams, I feel like he's scored the last three weeks and he's come pretty close to a hundred yards and then obviously today over a hundred yards and and he's really kind of just took off the last three weeks, eh? He he really has, yeah. And and you're exactly right. Yeah, he's got uh uh four touchdowns over the last three weeks. Uh last week against Arizona, he had ninety-seven rushing yards. The week before that against New Orleans, he had eighty-eight rushing yards on only eight attempts against New Orleans, too. That's that's wild. Um so yeah, so he, he's he's come close. Uh, but today he finally broke that barrier with, with 168 rushing yards on 23 attempts. So a 7.3 yard per carry average. Um, I mean, Seattle's got a tough, tough matchup next week with the uh, New York football giants coming into Seattle. Uh, I mean, of course the giants are six and one um, su- surprisingly uh, some are, to, to me anyways, but I mean, Saquon's healthy. So that, that's helping them big time. Their, their defense is, is playing well. So it'll be interesting. It, it's going to be a real test for, for the Seahawks, uh, you know, Geno Smith re- revenge game though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so watch out, watch out for that. But yeah, it, it, it's going to be a challenge for Seattle next week to see if, you know, it, it, are they, are they legit? I mean, which to even be saying that right now through seven weeks of the NFL season is, you know, questioning are the Seahawks legit seven weeks ago, I would have been saying there's no chance <laughs> like the, the Seahawks. I mean, seven weeks ago, I was looking at the, the Giants game thinking that might be one of the games the Seahawks could win this season. Cause I didn't think the Giants were going to be as good as they are either. So, um, so two, two teams that are, are definitely performing uh, well above my expectations. I, I know the Seahawks are playing well above everybody's expectations right now. Uh, they're saying on, on the Fox broadcast today that their uh, projected win total for the season was five wins all season. They're already <laughs> at four. Um, so if, if they lose the, the, the next 10 games, I, I'd be very shocked and disappointed, um, <laughs> but Hey, draft picks, baby. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is the season of low expectations and, and, uh, I, I went into the season with basically zero expectations and to just, I was just watching football to just like, yeah, I watch football and I follow the Seahawks, but I, I wasn't super emotionally, uh, invested cause I wasn't expecting a lot. And, uh, I tell you what, man, these guys keep playing the way they are. And I, I'm getting very, I'm going to get more and more emotionally invested and it's going to make the heartbreak even worse. So or but hey, there won't be heartbreak. Or there won't be heartbreak. But anyways, Seahawks are four and three. They're first in their division. Um, which again, who who saw that coming at any point this season, let alone through through seven weeks? Big win this week, big challenge next week against the Giants, but uh uh and then and then we travel to Arizona and play the Cardinals again for the second time in four weeks. Nice. So, but let's, uh, let's jump over to the AFC North. And of course your squad had a division rival matchup this week against the old Brownies. Let's hear about it. 
Yeah, speaking of uh, four and three teams that are leading their division, well, we've been saying this whole season, are our teams, like, oddly similar? Like, they shouldn't be oddly similar, but they really are. Um, yeah, big win obviously came down to the very last play. Um, it was kind of fun before the game. Um, they brought out the 2012 Super Bowl team and they kind of honored them. And it was, it's always fun seeing the crowd get really amped up with guys that are coming back. Like your, um, you know, Ray Rice got a, a really big applause, which was kind of nice to see. Um, I'm, I'm actually shocked they included him yeah. in the celebration. It, it was kind of nice to see. I mean, I feel like he's the guy that took all of the brunt of all the things, I guess, with a dark cloud over the NFL. And since then, they really haven't lived up to that standard, which, you know, we've talked about before. It's super disappointing that, you know, he he paid his price, never got to play another down of football, justifiably so. It's just too bad the the league couldn't follow suit. But it was it was nice to see him kind of, you know, he was a huge part of that team. Um get to come back in there and, and get a good ovation and um one well, yeah. and, and how uh how ironic that they bring him back and he gets you and you know we're, we're talking about this and, and how he never got to play another down of football meanwhile on the other sideline is kareem hunt kareem hunt deshaun watson is back practicing with them like you couldn't be two further ends of the spectrum in there. Um, anyways, it was, it was nice to see the old squad back and they had them at practice talking about, you know, what it takes to be a championship team. Um, the big story of the day for me, uh, both of our teams, surprisingly enough, uh, was the running backs. Um, everybody and their dog was asking me on Twitter and DMS or, or texting me like, what is going on with Gus Edwards? Should I be picking up Kenyon Drake? How many touches will Justice Hill get? And I just did one of these. Eh, I don't know. Because you didn't. It, you didn't. Because I was one of those people. Right. And you did not just throw up. Unless maybe you gave me <sighs> advice and you did that with everybody else. But No, I, I can't remember the exact words I said. Um, but essentially, I didn't see this coming. Um, I said Gus Edwards would be there. He's active. Um, I did not think he would end the day with 16 carries. I think... I can't remember who I was talking to. I, I told them maybe between like six and eight carries was kind of my thought process based on how they brought uh, J.K. Dobbins back and how they're dealing with him, you know, having a little bit of a setback with his knee. I, I thought maybe they would be a little hesitant to get the old Gus bus rolling, but you messaged me after like his second carry and we were like, dude, Gus looks like he's explosive. And he like, he's never been a, a home run, you know, burner, but he looked like the old Gus where he was, you know, making strong cuts, taking a defender with him for a couple of yards. Um, and, I just, I cannot be more happy for one guy because, you know, I, obviously there's like his story about how he even got over to America, how he got into the NFL. Um, his injury, I think it was Jeff Zrebeck tweeted out, 
Um, yeah, I got it here. Edwards said he's lucky to even be playing. Said he tore his ACL, LCL, and had a hamstring tear. There was no middle grounds with Ravens injuries last year. So pretty much like the trifecta, obviously he still had his MCL attached somehow. Um, that was basically my injury too. So I, I this one is like super um, relatable for me. I had a full ACL, a partial LCL. I just didn't tear my hamstring. And that was the only reason I got back to doing any sort of sports relatively quick so the fact that he's playing football right now is a huge testament and then he threw two touchdowns in there as well which was kind of fun like he threw for two touchdowns he did not throw for two touchdowns (laughs) i said throw in there two touchdowns but nice try nice try there was some weird stuff uh going on in there that i'll I'll trying to read between the lines steve yeah, he, he did not throw for two touchdowns. That that would have been factually incorrect. Um, the Ravens had two running backs play quarterback today? <laughs> there was there was more than one person taking snaps under center. That's for sure. Um, I, I was going to wait for it, but I might as well not. Um, I think it was in the third quarter. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Um, there was a fourth and one play. And they had Mark Andrews under center. And I was like, whoa, are they going to sneak him? And the weird part was Lamar was behind him in like the H-back set. And then they had Pat, I'm pretty sure it was Pat Ricard in his classic like fullback offset to the weak side. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, never mind. They're just going to try and draw the the defense offside. Classic move, right? And they give the one like fake hut. And I'm like, yeah, this is where they're going with it. Like, okay, you got to try something, right? And then they snap the ball to him. And I go, oh my gosh, what is going on right now? And like, my kids love it when I like stand up and start yelling at the TV and stuff like that too. And so it got the attention of the whole house. And he pitches it out to the weak side to Lamar. And Lamar runs as if he's, you know, a running back like everybody is saying he is. Um, the play ended up working because Ronnie Stanley seals the side um, and the other side gets sealed as well and just carves this huge hole for him. And Lamar's not going to miss that. But what a weird play that was. It was it was a lot of fun. If you if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you're looking at it right now. I see I am, yeah. very attentive over there. Um, that was a fun one to watch. Um, someone, someone I saw was like, this is not going to help the narrative that he's not a running back guys. So can we stop that? <laughs> and of course, like I just have to chuckle cause I don't really care about those narratives anymore. It, but like good for Mark Andrews being able to get under center, get the snap and like pitch it to Lamar. Like I'm not saying quarterbacks, the hardest job in the world, but like that does take some cadence. To, to be able to pull that off because it wasn't just a regular handoff. Like it's a pitch out to the side. Like Greg Roman was in his bag of tricks and it was fun to watch. I Part mean, of me Ron like basket rode a mile, but he couldn't pitch it 10 feet. <laughs> Very true. Um, to stay with that narrative, Lamar only threw the ball 16 times today. And that was, that was super strange for me. Um, I don't know why that happened. Um, It looked like 
maybe they were just that confident in the running game, which, um, you know, Gus had, you know, 66 yards. Lamar had 59. Justice Hill had another 26. It looked like they kind of decided on that game plan. And when it was working and kind of moving the chains and, and keeping the Browns off the field, they just kind of stuck with it. So it was kind of nice to see that, you know, they, they weren't forcing anything necessarily. And, uh, you know, I think Harbs after the game said something like they asked him, why didn't Lamar throw the ball more? And he was like, well, sometimes to play quarterback, like basically with the guy we have, we don't need him to throw the ball all the time, which is a hundred percent true. Like in my opinion, he's the best dual threat quarterback the NFL has ever seen by a mile. Don't take one of his weapons away from him to try and prove some narrative that like, Oh, look, Lamar can, he'll never be able to throw for this much. Well, we've seen him use his arm. He can use his arm. Um, I don't really care. I'm happy with it. Um, uh, Rashad Bateman returned today. He had four catches for 42 yards, five targets. It, it was just nice to see him back, um, see him making cuts on that foot, being someone in the locker room that they can go to because wide receiver position is so thin already. I was a little annoyed with him on the one target that he didn't catch the ball. Uh, the ball was thrown to the outside he was never going to make the first down, but it would have gotten Tucker closer. Not like Tucker really needs that, but every once in a while, like you can't, you can't mess those things up. So he essentially does this kind of like out route turns the balls there on time. He looks over to try and make a play before he even catches the ball. And the ball just goes through his hands. Um, you got to make those catches first, then be a playmaker um all all around though i think you know that's that's a successful first day back from injury was happy with that um justice hill almost cost the team the game in the fourth quarter um they were again up 23 to 20 and they were i think they were either in the red zone or they were close to the red zone of the browns a field goal would have made it so that they were up by just about a score so the Browns would have had to march the whole field um, and he fumbles the ball. And I'm like, no, this is how this game is going to end. Like as if we haven't lost enough games where we were up by double digit, let's shoot ourselves in the foot even more. Um, luckily it didn't come back to, to bite them. Um, but he he's got to be better than that and i think if you're a fantasy football player and you're wondering how to navigate the ravens backfield i think the fact that gus is doing so well uh mixed with justice hill you know being that third guy or second guy it's he, he's also a huge contributor on special teams so i i don't know if he's worth a pickup anymore um but it was it, it was good to see the offense rolling a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they had five sacks today, which was really nice to see finally a Ravens team where they are getting to the quarterback and they aren't having to blitz on every single play. Uh, 
This Cleveland Browns offensive line is still one of the best in the league. They were without right guard uh, Wyatt Teller today, but nonetheless, it's still a strong, strong offensive line. So it was really nice to see them get to Jacoby Brissett, uh, take him down. They also had three forced fumbles. And, you know, there's that old adage, you win the turnover game and, you know, good things happen. They definitely got to him. Justin Houston, just an ageless wonder. Two sacks, one forced fumble. Um, he looked phenomenal. Patrick Queen is absolutely flying around the field. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, how, you know, he was just the most criticized Raven, biggest bust of a first round pick narrative. Um, and he looks like he is flying around the field. His hair is on fire. He is amped up. It is so good to see him playing it's like he, the game finally slowed down for him and he just doesn't have to think and he's doing what he did so well at LSU and that's just react on plays, trust his film, trust his athleticism and he is like, he's seeing those holes and he is just running through those uh, gaps to make plays. Really great to see. Um, the play of the game goes to Malik Harrison. He, uh, you know... There, there was a little bit of controversy on this play. It would have been a 56-yard field goal attempt for Cade York, uh, the kicker for the Browns. The It looks as if the Ravens jump forward and it's going to be a neutral zone infraction. And the Ravens are all pointing to the center and you can see John Harbaugh. He is like mouthing. The ball is moving. And so when you look at it really closely, the center moves the ball ever so slightly. And as soon as he does that, Calais Campbell sort of rocks forward. Um, and I believe it was, it might've been Justin Matabike. I'd have to go back and look at the film. Also goes right into the neutral zone. Uh, and classic, everybody's pointing fingers at each other. No, it was you. No, it was you. Uh, there was another... I guess, different angle from it. And it looked like somebody on the far left-hand side of the line um, moved even earlier than the center moving the ball. So it, it was a true false start. Um, you know me, I would, I would call it as I see it. That one, the Browns jumped, Ravens jumped after. It's a classic false start. Sucks Browns fans, but that's how it was. Um, and it, Malik Harrison, after he's in the locker room, he said he'd never blocked a field goal in his career until today. And someone was like, well, where'd you get this one? Thinking maybe he like batted it down with his hand. He goes, in the face. <laughs> so he took the kick, the 61-yard field goal attempt. And those guys got a lot, like they have to drill the ball right? The, the further you are back, the, the, the further they line you back from the line of scrimmage, because you really have to line that ball in order to kick it 61 yards. And he takes one in the face to win the game. Good for you, Malik Harrison. Um, and the Ravens come away with a much, much, much needed win. Um, next week we have Tampa Bay, in Tampa, uh, that one's a little scary of a game, not only because it's Brady, uh, that, that's a good Bucks team, and they're going to be pissed off that the the Panthers, who are basically in fire sale mode um, and don't have their head coach, 
they they're gonna have to go on the road to play a really angry Brady team. But you know what? This will show the test of which Ravens team is going to be around this year. Um, you you want to make it to the Super Bowl? You think you're a Super Bowl team? Well, you got to go take down the goat. You got to do it on the road. Um, the good news is the Ravens are two and zero in their division. Um, they're four and three overall, first in the in the in the AFC North. And uh, it, it was just nice to get back on the uh, the win column, just like you, Chris. Winning feels so good. <laughs> Win- winning solves a lot of problems, like all it, problems. It does. Although, losing, like I said, season of low expectations. Losing hasn't hurt that bad this year either. But winning feels so good. <laughs> I think I said I'm disappointed you didn't mention the coolest thing of the entire Ravens game. Oh, which one did I forget? Ed Reed coming out like a boss, Super Bowl Lombardi oh. trophy in hand, <laughs> smoking a cigar on the field like an absolute boss. I just I love that man. I mean, he's my favorite Raven of all time, so I will not disagree with you there. Um, yeah, good, good to see the old alumni back and bring back nostalgic memories of, of those players who were part of, you know, the last Super Bowl they won. Um, we're a little over time today, Chris, we've been quite chatty Kathy here, but we probably have enough time for a short, the sky is falling segment. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, dealer's choice. Oh, you're the dealer. You go ahead. Okay. Um, I don't give a damn that the 49ers traded for Chris, Christian McCaffrey. Like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go full, full Jimmy more than <laughs> once. Uh, the rest of this way, Seahawks are winning the division, baby. Let's go. Whoa. The Seahawks are winning the division. Uh, so I guess that's like sky is falling for the rest of those teams. Hey. No, it, it, it's uh, is is that an overreaction or not? I I think that's a, a massive overreaction. Now, don't get me wrong; the Seahawks have been playing well above their expectations. The problem with teams like that is, do they keep that uh, level of play? Especially when you you've been talking a lot about the rookies, right? Like the the rookie class of the Seahawks has kind of been like the, you know, the, the entire team, essentially. Um, I still think the Rams have yet to find their stride. You know, they, they were the Super Bowl champions. You cannot count them out. Um, the 49ers, I could actually see being the basement team of this division. Um, I, I still see the, the Cardinals as well underperforming, um, uh, yeah, I think it's an overreaction. I, I still think the Rams will win the division. Um, I just seven games in only. I so don't far, even Chris. think the Rams are going to make the playoffs. You don't think the Rams are going to make the playoffs. I, I'm going to better say Seahawks win the division. 49ers come in second Rams in third Cardinals in fourth. Wow. Wow. 
Um, yeah, I think I think that's an even bigger re- overreaction that the, <laughs> the Rams don't make the playoffs. But uh, wilder things have happened. Matthew Stafford is still Matthew Stafford. Yeah, but he he's not playing like he can. At least like they're they're gonna get that back. They're they're probably gonna make a trade at least one before the de- is the deadline next week. By the way, I have no idea. I feel like I saw that somewhere. Um, the defense is just too good. I would have to go and look at their entire schedule. Um, let's see who they have really quickly here. They've got the 49ers. I mean, they have their bye week, so usually teams come off their bye week, refocus. They've had time to like figure out their X's and O's. They've got the Niners, they've got the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Hawks, the Raiders, the Packers, the Broncos, Chargers, and Seahawks. If some of those teams continue on their trajectory, like the whole AFC West, like the the Raiders, the Broncos, the Chargers, that was supposed to be like the division this year. Like, oh my gosh, are all four teams going to make the playoffs somehow? Um, now it's looking like that's kind of like the gravy train. If you're, if you're any of those teams, um, yeah, the, the Rams are making the playoffs. You crazy. You doesn't matter. Crazy. Seahawks are winning that division, baby. Okay. It's going to be really fun to go back at the end of the year and like pick all of our overreactions and see which ones we actually hit on and which ones were like, Whoa, I, I actually said that on air. But, I mean, the whole point is to be a little out there, right? Um, Okay, here's mine. The city of New York is for real. The Giants and the Jets both win their division. Now, I know it's a little bit of a stretch for the Jets. I get that. The Bills are in that division. The goddamn Jets. (laughs) How did you have that just queued up? (laughs) <laughs> we okay so the, the the reason why folks i'm so shocked right now is chris and i do not tell each other what our overreactions are so the fact that he had uh that particular clip queued up just ready to go for any jets uh good for you that is that is a win right there bud uh i love it because i like I think it was last week. I want to say the Jets are going to win their division, but they're not because they still have Buffalo in that division. But I can see them making the playoffs. Imagine that. Who would have thought yeah. this year the Giants and the Jets would be in contention for their division, and both of them would make the playoffs? I guess that's why the NFL is like so uber popular is because of the parity in this league, like. The yeah, if, if you would have told me last year, even even week one of this year, going into week one, yeah, the Giants and the Jets are going to be a combined eleven and three. I would have said, "What are you smoking?" Like, no, not a chance on earth. And I I still think that's a little too. I don't even. I don't think the Jets are going to make the playoffs. Actually, the the Giants. Maybe because the Packers and the Bucks seem to be like falling off of the earth. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. We're, we're going to see. I mean, I, I really right, want right to do now, Right now, the city of New York certainly looks legit. Yeah. As far as football is concerned. I really want to I do mean, a clip at the end of this season to see how, like, how off these overreactions are. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the, how the Jets can overcome the loss of Brees Hall. And yeah. I know that that's that's a lot to say when I mean he's a rookie running back and 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 they could figure it out. But I mean he was he was a big piece of that offense. Yeah, definitely. I mean Michael Carter's still there. He he looks good. He was there last year though, and well, we saw how that year ended. Um, there's there's something about getting like a guy in there, new blood, young blood, fresh faces that kind of just transform teams and i think the seahawks are a shining example of exactly that um it's 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 like the entire culture changed yeah it's like we're tired of being like the whipping boys and it stops here and i won't play for a team that you know allows to be just bullied around and yeah we'll we'll, we'll see how they look look at what dan campbell's doing in detroit yeah Right? Like, like his, his whole exam- thing was like, oh, I'm, we're going to bite off a kneecap. Like that, that was his thing. Like, I, I don't care what's happened to the lines of the past. We're turning a corner. We're doing this differently. We're going to be relevant and people can laugh at us all they want, but just go have a look at our record. Yeah. I mean, ironically, they lost today, but. Um, but they're. Their their culture their culture has changed for sure, and you can see in in, in the way that they, that they play, right? Yeah, I mean, like, what are they? They're one in five now. I I think I they're one in five. So, like, on paper, you'd be like, has the culture really changed? Are they losing? But they're competing in games where, like, they're not just oh, we're playing the Lions. Like, let's have a win out of this one. So yeah, I I totally agree. Um, we are quite a bit over what we usually do. Christopher, do you have any last words for the great people listening to the ball Hawks right now? Uh, I just want to say thanks again, everyone for tuning in to another episode of the ball Hawks podcast. Um, of course, as I say every week, uh, go subscribe uh, to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, give us a rating, leave a, a, a review. We love to see them. Don't forget to su- subscribe to our YouTube channel, Give us a follow over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. Like I said, uh, Seahawks are winning the division this year. <laughs> Overreaction or not, I'm taking it. And if they don't, well, I won't be upset either. So anyways, guys, thanks again for listening. And as always, go Hawks. Peace. Come on, let's go, on, let's go. to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.
Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.